Hello and welcome to the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. This episode of the podcast is an hourly accompaniment to EG's latest UK Cities Investor Guide, available free to EG Magazine subscribers. And if you're lucky, I might just put a link in the show notes to it today. The latest edition of the Cities Guide takes a look at how our regional cities are levelling up through various ways. It looks at how well cities are performing when it comes to the green agenda and the importance of the role of infrastructure, digital and physical, when it comes to creating an equal UK. Now, levelling up was barely mentioned in the recent mini budget. Um, reports say barely any of the levelling up funds have actually been spent. And EG figures show that since the first time then PM Boris Johnson muttered those two words back in 2020, our regional cities continue to lag behind the capital. Investment activity is 23% lower, take up 12% lower, um, some big moves by big brands has helped with this figure, and average rents are whopping 54% lower than the capital. Government is unlikely to really be able to level up this country, so how can our cities and the built environment make sure that they can? Joining me to figure that out, please welcome to the podcast, Deborah Gordon-Brown, partner at Shoesmiths. Kat Martindale, Director and Head of ESG Research at Savills, Simon McKay, CEO of Scarborough Group International, and Jackie Saddock, Regeneration Practitioner, that's hard to say, uh, Urban Strategy. So, a big topic for a 20-minute podcast. I think we'll be able to solve it. Um, <laughs> so, um, let's, let's first let all of our listeners hear your voices and learn a little bit more about you. So, I'm going to throw, throw around to the room and just get everyone to tell us one thing that they think this industry can do, maybe the government can't, to help uh, level up the country. Deborah, I'm going to go first to you. I think, sorry, Deborah Gordon-Brown, partner at Shoesmiths, um, work in our real estate team based in our Nottingham office. Um, I think real estate has a huge part to play in levelling up whatever form that ultimately takes. I think it can help enrich our cities, our regions. Um, it's absolutely critical that we see some movement in that in that direction. But you know, real estate touches and concerns almost everything in our lives, from sort of education, where we work, where we sleep, where we eat, where we perform our leisure activities. So um, yeah, that's um, that's something I'm really interested to talk about. Fantastic, thank you, Cat. Hi, uh, Kat Martindale, Head of ESG Research at Savills and a very recent recruit. So discussing with this focus is relatively new. My background is in education, coming from teaching at universities, where we've seen a dramatic uplift in the focus that students place on sustainability within the architectural field. And I think upskilling and engaging with a wider remit on what that means for different people in different locations and different skills, um, I think is really important. Fantastic, thank you very much. Simon? Yeah, I think that the the sort of regions have suffered for quite a long time. Uh, I think London has been dominant and uh, uh, the political scene in London's obviously led to it being dominant for, for, for probably far too long. So levelling up agenda that was announced, uh, I suppose, by George Osborne with the uh, Northern Powerhouse and the like and the, the uh, Midlands Midlands engine. Uh, it's a sort of continuation of that, but obviously a lot more needs to be done uh, and there's a lot more 
uh, of the government can do, whether in recent times moving, you know, Media City has been a Media City, sorry, Manchester has been a great success. We need more of that, uh, and hopefully that will continue. And um, this mini budget, whilst it didn't mention it, I hope it's not been forgotten about. Thank you very much, Jackie. Well, Sam, you you posed the big question: What's the one thing that real estate can do? And uh, actually, I have no idea what that is. And I have to say to you, for forty years, I've been working in urban regeneration, which is, I think, pr pretty much the same thing as levelling up. Uh, we're talking about failing markets, and we've never really cracked it. Nobody really knows how to do it. And if there were any silver bullets, we'd have deployed them before now. One of the things I think we really will have to pay some, you know, cognizance to is CAT's agenda on ESG, which, you know, if there was ever anything I think real estate could do, it would be proper thought leadership in that space. Um, but I'm appalled, if I'm going to be honest, about the floundering of the levelling up agenda, which was, of course, the flagship of the Boris Johnson administration. Michael Gove had to fight like buggery to get it any airtime at all, even though it was the, it was the flagship policy. And we never managed to populate the two words levelling up. Nobody knows what it is. Uh, nobody knows what it is we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, and I am really in despair about it. So, you know, you, you, you laugh when you say we can't do it in 20 minutes. I don't think you can do it in four decades. <laughs> and I'm the living proof of that. So if we can't do it in four decades, there must be some lessons there to be learned where we, that we can show as, as flagships. And, and, and maybe we haven't been able to do it in those 40 years. But we've got to, we've got to turn it around. And especially for... Um, for, for the very reason that 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 um, Kat has talked about, if we don't, you know, if we look through that ESG lens, we have to do something. Otherwise, we're we're all doomed, aren't we? It's jolly for this podcast, but hey. Well, I'll I'll just say one more thing before I shut up ranting, <laughs> um, and that is, I think in four decades, one thing I have learned, which is any town or city that's seeking to regenerate itself, reposition itself. Uh, hold itself open for the wall of, in, of 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 domestic and international money that could come in, um, has to do two things. And if it only does these two things, then it's got a good start. A good, a good, a, a, you know, it's it's off to a good start. The one thing is it has to have a proper civic leader, uh, somebody who can bang the table for that location. And the second thing is it's got to have one plan. And they've all, everybody in the in the location has got to buy into the one leader and the one plan. If they're fighting like rats in a sack, you might as well go home. And if you do that, then you could potentially be onto something. And going back to what Simon's saying about Media City, you had that and you had it in spades in Manchester for a good two decades. No, I, I agree with that. And actually, as a, as a business, we're seeing levelling leveling up happening. Um, we're speaking to a number of local authorities, whether it's by the Newtown's funds, whether it's the levelling up funds that have been available to uh, the local authorities and or uh, local NHS trusts, I forget what they're now called, but we're seeing it as a business happening. Um, Homes England, we work a lot with, they're doing a fantastic job uh, funding uh, developers to get you know people on the real estate and on, on the residential property market. And maybe sometimes the government don't shout about it enough. Uh, maybe certain areas get a little bit more uh, grace and favour than others, but um, there is a, a, a lot more that can be done and maybe the government, by doing more, can shout about what they have done and working with the likes of you know, private enterprise like ourselves uh, and seeing it happen, seeing it real, seeing buildings go up, seeing occupiers in situ, seeing local authorities being entrepreneurial, dynamic, using the Newtown funds, usually in level up funds to make things happen. You know, We're named after the town of Scarborough because it's where Kevin went on holiday. 
But the chief exec of Scarborough Borough Council is one of those guys who's entrepreneurial. He wants things to happen in his town. Scarborough have got money from the government to make things happen. And it's for my hometown, it's fantastic to see that now happening. But outside the local arena, who hears about it? And maybe it's a bit of a PR issue as well. I mean, it's interesting you're talking about you know a town or a city but I think real estate and leveling up generally has to have a more holistic approach so often it's the whole region that needs leveling up I mean you know from the East Midlands where you know it's been really difficult over the years to get the two well the three cities in the East Midlands to come together and have a single plan and look at having a mayor you know a civic leader who can speak on behalf of the whole region is actually quite critical and just pre you know the the change in government um, or, or people in power, you know, the region had finally got on track with that, had started to say, we work together as a region. We are now going to move towards having an elected mayor and having a voice that can speak on behalf of the region. And I think that's really critical to take the next step, certainly for that region. And so do we need to find, I guess, those sort of, those levers to pull that pull that give that one plan and and is ESG one of those can we all get together and say actually as cities as um, private enterprise there's something that we can do here to save the planet to make more money let's face it if we if we um, look through an ESG agenda it's good for business but also it's good for the planet and actually can we bring everyone together and quote unquote level up I, th I think that's a really interesting question and I think when you're talking about ES ESG you need to be aware that it is more a property industry, a business issue than necessarily a local government and beyond that conversation. It really doesn't appear in the conversations I hear outside of there. But I grew up just outside Nottingham um, so I understand very well some of the challenges that that region faces and really shouldn't do given its location i mean it should be a fantastic economic powerhouse given its location um and it, it really does fall down and a lot of the occasions that you see really innovative plans come up against small minds of some local authorities small politics and it really kicks things to the gutter. But Nottingham has taken a very aggressive stance on a lot of environmental strategies. They've just installed um, wireless EV charging for taxis around the city so that they don't need to stop and plug in and unplug and miss fares because people don't want to wait outside the station even for a minute or two. They've had a long-standing document called uh, the Breathing Space Policy which looks at increasing the amount of green spaces in the city and they've increased the um, small containers that are in the, around the city centre that are planted up not just with trees but vegetables and looking at biodiversity and they've been doing that for a long time and they're aiming at being the first net zero city in the UK given that Copenhagen's just declared that it's going to miss its own target it's slightly depressing that it looks as though we'll be further behind than that. But if we don't push forward and we don't have these really open conversations and be more tolerant, we're not going to get anywhere. And I think it's, it's tricky to talk about one plan for all cities because all cities and regions yes. will have 
different issues. There will be synergies around sort of infrastructure transport, but it's important to be innovative about a particular region to, for, you know, whether it's a real estate industry, whatever industries, to understand the needs and demands of a particular region and have a plan that suits that region, but then how that connects into a, more, a national plan for the whole country. Well, I, I suppose just to add in terms of uh, an ESG so wide, um, it, you know, it depends how far you want to go. You can look at things that probably irritate everyone in this room about the amount of packaging you see in the supermarket, which is just ridiculous. Um, and, and, and there's those little things that can be changed. Um, you know, and there's certain individuals on social media who have a platform who uh, frustrate me because they whinge and moan from times and they moan about government and they moan about this. Well, actually, they could use their platform far more efficiently. They could tell their audience to, at night time, turn all the, 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 the plugs off, uh, make sure they're all in the opposition if they're not needed. And those little bits make a massive difference. Not only does it change mindset, it also makes a massive difference to how energy we efficient if you're going to look at ESG as energy. But then in terms of our industry and real estate, I think, I think we have a very big part to play. We can make our buildings and deliver them as clean as, as possible from a carbon perspective, an environmental perspective, a green perspective. And, you know, in our two buildings in uh, Leeds and Sheffield, we just delivered, we've got the, I'm, I'm reading from here, but basically we've got the most sustainable building envelopes in the UK at this present time. And they've just PC'd and just completing. But the, 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 there's so much more we can do. And then obviously the occupiers of the, the, the uh, property using the space far more efficiently. You know, uh, I always say to my my uh, twelve year old, turn the plug off. You know, these are little things that, if you say it enough, they'll hopefully remember it for your life, and and it does make a difference. And those little ripples can turn into big ripples sometimes. So, I think the ESG agenda is a massive one for the whole of society, and we're all very acutely aware of it now. Uh, and we can play a big part of that in terms of real estate to making sure that we give people the uh, best possible buildings, best possible living spaces to do their bit. Fantastic. You used a word there that I love, which is plat platform. And it's it's something that I get um, really wound up about because I think real estate has a really powerful platform that it rarely uses to um, uh, the best of its ability. You know, there is a big voice that government should be listening to I don't think it ever really has. So how do we how do we build that platform up, give real estate the power to amplify their voice and actually get government to listen and understand that actually if you do bring this industry together on issues that it cares about, which I think there are many, we could um, help this country become more more equal, much better place for people to, to live in, to, Un understand and enjoy the places that, that we create as a industry. Jackie, um, well, having worked in central government, I think trying to get the um, real estate industry to come in and speak with one voice to central government is a fool's errand, actually. Um, and I would go the other way round. I would go bottom up. And going back to the point that was being made admirably by both Kat and Deborah about I'm just going to turn into a real East Midlands fest now. Um, <laughs> Where I came with that. Well, Nottingham, Derby, <laughs> Leicester, all excellent locations, all underpriced, underperforming, all ready, I think, for a massive amount of investment. And I think early adopters could do very, very well out of all three. But the big fight I used to have with the leader at Nottingham 
was that he would not lean on his real estate industry. And I'm thinking, why aren't you getting all your agents in on a Friday morning for a cup of tea to tell you which way the markets are going in Nottingham? Because actually this is golden stuff and they really want to help. We are all in the same in the same team here, guys. And I think if we could get civic leaders to sit down with their local real estate industry an awful lot more. And Sam, sorry to throw it back at you but you're the one with the plat- the real platform it may be that that's and I know you do do it in certain c- the bigger cities I know you do it all the time but in certain smaller markets it may be there's a role for the EG in, in your convening power of pulling people together and actually saying to them why aren't you having a regular slot I mean I don't know why the leader of the of the of the leaders of local authorities have to keep the private sector at arm's length I think they should be having a cup of tea every Friday morning or every Tuesday morning or some systematic way of gleaning stuff because intelligence, you know, is uh, information is power. Intelligence is what you need in order to lead your city. And actually, all these agents are all desperate to help the local authorities. You've only got to listen to Simon talking about Scarborough to realise, you know, how much people could do if they all worked together in the one team. Yeah, it's, it's really critical, actually, that local authorities have a really big part to play to open up the real estate industry to the local communities. You know, as we touched on earlier, each community's got its sort of different needs. It's you know, communities have their heritage. Real estate can play a really big part. You don't have to have identical plans across the country, but real estate can really feed into the heritage of a city. So, having um, a dialogue between the real estate industry and the communities that are in need of levelling up is a really critical part of this. And Deborah, you'd help, wouldn't mm. you? I mean, if, if the leader of Nottingham turned around to you and said, you know, could you get could, could you get all your clients around a table for me Absolutely. once a month? You'd be thrilled to do yeah. that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. But I suppose it's life's all about relationships, mm. and this is as as property developers and investors like ourselves, our relationships with our local authorities and the like is key to what we do. Whether that's in the planning department, whether that's in the regeneration departments, and I one million percent agree with Jackie. There, it's all about the local authorities and the real estate sector. Sometimes we got to, if if you're knocking at the door and you're not getting an answer, you got to kick down the door. It's building those relationships up with the local authorities because together you can make things happen. If we want to go it alone, we can't make it. And we can't do things in Sheffield and Leeds and Manchester and Salford without the local authorities' support on a number of different levels. Uh, but we, we've thankfully in Touchwood achieving a lot because of that relationship with them. Um, why aren't we seeing that widespread then? Because that doesn't sound like that's that difficult to me, that there is... Um, there is the desire from the real estate industry to go in and help. There is, there are local authorities who are a little bit lost and saying, "How do you help help me? How do? Why isn't it happening? And how do how do we here around this table yeah, solve that? What's the touching what's on the call out earlier? What we need to uh, give? Jackie said, and, and I suppose we may have just been fortunate that we've where we do business, we work with very entrepreneurial and proactive uh, local authorities and leaders and the like, and. Sir Howard Bernstein, who you're alluding to, uh, did an amazing job for Manchester and, and pushing Manchester to be, sorry about Birmingham, but the second city in the UK, in my opinion, and really driving it uh, driving it forward. And, and maybe these uh, sort of smaller towns and smaller cities haven't quite had that driving force, or maybe they've not been able to get the support of central government. But Howard Bernstein's a classic example of someone, when he didn't get an answer when he knocked at the door, he kicked it down. He made sure someone listened to Jackie, your comments are quite right. He made things happen, and, and maybe it's more entrepreneurial leadership at all levels. 
Well, I mean, the, un the only thing I would say, Sam, if we're going to give out a clarion call to the industry to get in and help their local authorities, can we please mark their card that it's not to be a whinge fest about um, planning? You know, I mean, most local authorities are doing their best on the planning front. If you, all you're going to do is go in and bash them up about, you know, the fact that your planning application has taken an awful long time and it's not going to get you very far. You've got to rise above um, the, 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 the technicalities, if you like, in order to work with the leaders. And, you know, at the end of the day, and I would say this to the industry, you know, there's the, a the reason we've got a town planning system in this country is to protect our environment and protect our communities. And actually, you've got to work with that rather than go in there and be adversarial. So I, I would say to the industry, you know, if you behave like rapacious developers, don't expect to have the relationship. If you behave like people who are in the same team and who want the right thing for your location, then there is all to play for, in my view. Okay, so let's um, let's picture ourselves in that future where we have real estate and local authorities talking, sitting down once once a week for that Tuesday cuppa, figuring out what it is that the community needs, how real estate can play a part in that. We are on our way to having a levelled up UK. I hate that term, but I'm still going to use it. Um, what are what are those discussions that we're going to be having round round the table that say, hey, you know what? If we are in in Nottingham, these are the things that um, will help us as a city or as a, a local authority as we spread out um, throughout the city, be just a greater place to live, work, and play as central London might be, or better than than central London. I mean, I would go back to. I mean, I'm or very. In my optimistic moments, which isn't today, and we're going to have a rocky ride politically this week, and, you know, it's really difficult to do anything against a backdrop of chaos and misrule. You know, let's just get that out in the open. But in the main, I'm very optimistic about our regional cities. I think they've got all to play for. All locations have to make choices about themselves. You've only got to look at, look at what Paris has just done and getting the cars out of the middle of Paris. I believe if Nottingham was to be really bold about, about getting the cars out of the middle of Nottingham, it could really make a difference to values. And I think the agents would be very happy, or the agents and the developers and the entire real estate industry in Nottingham would be very happy to work, work with the local authority on a vision for Nottingham that was a proper ESG vision, if you like, because that sustains values mm. at the end of the day. Well, it's well on its way to doing th to doing things like that, to bringing cars sort of away from the city, you know, great tram network, great bus, you know, bus networks, etc. But I think it's sort of, to a degree, it's going back to basics when you bring these parties together. And it's what I was talking about earlier, about understanding each community in which you're going to going to operate you know what are the place markers that are required at, you know for placemakers required for a particular city not having identical cities I said, is it a skill shortage is there large unemployment could you bring the work the local workforce into your development scheme so what are your development plans and how can you engage with the local community in terms of what they want and how they want to live their lives but also helping the issues that are facing a particular particular region it's, it's being different and innovative in those discussions as well no and I'd, I'd reinforce that <coughs> that point about communities and we're talking about real estate um, around the table with local government but if you're not talking to the communities it gets their backs up it needs to be a roundtable discussion with everybody um, 
colleagues of mine in Manchester have um, worked with Bolton to deliver a new strategy for a marketplace um, and brought together existing traders, potential new traders, and set up an entire strategy for supporting new businesses that would like to start into retail at a low price point. Um, that garnered them £32 million from central government funds. I mean, that's not insubstantial for Bolton um, or for any city. So it's having that strategy and working with existing community and community leaders and local politicians that help to deliver that project. Thank you. Simon, are you having those conversations? Are you looking at, at places and, and thinking, well, how can we help the community, not just build a, yeah, build think, a building, you know, but uh, how can we actually help the individual? A lot of towns individual? and cities, um, uh, what's the best way to describe it? They need to attract big business. They need to attract new businesses. They need to attract existing businesses to expand and the like. And it's how, uh, as a real estate industry, can we um, help facilitate that? And that's via a number of different produce the best, produce the greenest. We need government support to produce the right infrastructure. And the infrastructure is not all about HS2. And I know there'll be different views on that in this room. But it's if you can make uh, the attraction to big businesses to relocate, to move, like we did with the Media City, and I don't want to keep using that same example. There's many more examples in Manchester. Uh, we've done the recent deals in Leeds and, and, and Sheffield likewise. Because of not just our building, it's what's being created in and around our building with the local authorities, and we've been part of that. Uh, it's about engaging with the communities, and the, again, the communities, um, not just the business community, it's the residents who may uh, live in your apartments or your building, or to live in your apartments or your building, surrounding areas, local offices. Um, uh, you know, health and well-being plays a massive part in attracting businesses now. There is so much more than just putting up a building putting some desks in it and, and, and occupiers leasing it, they, they, they look at so much more now when deciding where to relocate. And uh, and I think all those moving parts, it's, you know, if you can get that right, you will attract a major occupier of X thousand new people uh, to relocate to that town or city. So it's attracting big business to me and whether that's central government, local governments, uh, and developers like ourselves, property investors like ourselves, we have to work in harmony to make those big business come. Sorry, no, sorry no, and just, just to finish, it's not all about big business. Sorry. I did mention sorry, community. Sorry. Again, you know, our big project in Sheffield, and this isn't a sales bill for Scarborough Group's projects, but we've got a, a project at Olympic Legacy Park. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've got, we got a massive project in yes. Sheffield <laughs> called Olympic Legacy Park we've where we've actually built um, what's called a community stadium and it's used by the community. There's a, there's a business center which will be used by the local community. It, it's uh, next to research centers and the like. So it's small businesses, startups. That's how these things grow. It becomes a life science park uh, in the making. So it's really exciting. No, I was just going to say that in all of this, and to be fair to the real estate industry, we have to know where the government is going with this. You know, we, you know, from leveling up to investment zones you know it's an interesting time to have this have this conversation where we're you know back in a bit of a void actually so i think you know we do need to hear where this whole policy is going to enable you know the real estate industry to sort of buy into it engage collaborate 
do we though? I, 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 I get, and this is me being simple, McClary. You know, could the real estate industry actually just say, sure, what we think this is the right thing to do, and actually we can make a difference here? So I, I don't care what I the politics is. I think there's something to be said for that. Do it. But equally, knowing what tax breaks might be available, knowing what funding might be available, will to a degree help developers and investors. You know, you know, understand what they need to do in a particular region. What's going to work in a region? What's going to help the community? So I think it, I think it's a bit of both. I'm, I'm not suggesting that the real estate industry sits on its hands for potentially years on end and, and do nothing until there's a, you know, a, 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 a policy. And we know exactly what funding is, but I think I think it's, it would be helpful to know where central government is going with this in terms of building those sort of regional city plans, etc. It'd be helpful to know where central government's going, full stop, I, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but um, answers on a postcard for, for that one. And I, and I guess this is part, you know, real estate is risk averse, isn't it? So it um, re would require a complete mindset change for, for real estate. Not, I wish it was risk averse. <laughs> in real estate are risk averse. I wish it was risk averse. And... You, you've talked there about central government and we've talked also about the need for strong civic leadership so we can't not talk about devolution I suppose and the role that devolution has in properly enabling this country to, to reach its full potential and will we ever get to that point where you know it doesn't matter who is um, really sitting in the chair um, uh, at number 10 or 11 actually we have great leaders who um, have control of their own budgets, have control of their own areas. Hopefully they collaborate with each other and we have a, a functional country. Is I that wish. Possible, I do wish. Uh, I mean, one of the problems we... I mean, the industry stood ready to get behind levelling up. If we'd been told what to do to help, we'd have been in there like a, like a shot. And it was a wasted opportunity for our industry because we, we all stood ready. We all put our hands up and said, look, as soon as you've sorted it out, we're ready to play our part. They never came to us. And there will be no levelling up without proper devolution of, of powers and, and resources. There will be no levelling up. It's as simple as that. And we've now been saddled since Friday with, um, as Deborah says, with investment zones. They don't look very different from enterprise zones to me. Uh, I was brought up in an enterprise zone before Canary Wharf was even a hole in the ground. I was in, It was in the Isle of Dogs, so that's how old I am. And um, enterprise zones were, no, were not the answer then and they're not the answer now. And, you know, we've got to get ourselves sorted out. There were great ideas which the industry really loved. And I think the, the main one has to be the Oxford-Cambridge arc, which I would have thought would have been, should have been right up there. If growth, if you want growth at any price and the market stood ready to deliver Oxcam and we know that the six million square foot of laboratory space needed in order to keep Oxford and Cambridge on the road, why on earth wasn't Bedford named? as an investment zone on Friday. I just don't get it. You work with the grain of the market. It's one thing we could teach the government is how to work with the grain of the market. But I think your central question is right, Sam. There will be no levelling up until we have proper devolution. You try trying to get the um, levers, the, the fingers prized off the levers of power in Whitehall and out to the regions. My God, it's difficult. I've, I've been at it for years and it's really, really hard. It doesn't take much to realise that sort of success in the regions is success for our national economy. They play into each other. You, know, you invest, 
in the regions and you make change it is it is good for everybody spot on deborah you yeah. don't build an economy from the top, top down you build exactly. it from the bottom up it's as simple as that mm. spot on is is there any um light at the end of the tunnel and I, I feel like we started you know with a little we, bit of yeah come on that. especially for nottingham everyone that's in love with nottingham <laughs> <laughs> is is there light though? Can can we do, can we, as an industry, as as human beings who care, turn this around, or does it require something bigger, yeah, look, more dangerous? Maybe we're just fortunate. Uh, we've we've seen leveling up happen, and we're seeing it working, and we're seeing projects we're certainly uh, involved in, seeing the benefit of some of that leveling up um, uh, in the various towns and city where we're working. So it's not been a huge disaster i think a lot more obviously needs to happen and probably in certain other regions needs to happen and maybe um the process for the towns and cities uh making their applications uh could be dealt with slightly differently slightly quicker because uh sometimes um you can miss an opportunity uh, you could have a fantastic um scheme project regeneration uh, deliverable um city center regen as one example uh, but if the leveling up funding takes too long to secure, that opportunity's moved. It's gone. It's 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 sailed down the sailed down the road. So, I think maybe there's a bit of speeding up to be done. I think the government and the local authorities need to probably play their PR a little bit better. Because I mean, uh, J Jack is right that certain regions aren't seeing it, but other regions are are genuinely seeing leveling up, genuinely seeing it happening. I also think just rather than bricks and mortar and, and the buildings, leveling up's also got to do more for the regions that have suffered of a uh, lack of skilled workforce, do more to promote uh, job opportunities, more to promote skilled jobs, more to promote um, whether they're college, university, uh, trades, apprenticeships and the like. I think, uh, and, and industry has a lot to play in that as well. But you know, leveling up is more than just bricks and mortar. I know we're in the real estate industry and that's sometimes what we get very blinkered thinking about, but it, it does do a lot more than that and, and, and maybe, um, uh, maybe a speeding up of the application process by the local authorities and the regions and this devolution may well help with that um, uh, could could assist fantastic so to to round us up I, I do want to finish with um, some lessons I suppose for listeners of the, of the podcast and, ho and hopefully something to take away and think about how perhaps it can be emulated in, in some way. So I'm going to ask you all for an example of of um, a, a city, a region, maybe it's just a town, a place that is done, um, that is doing well, that is bringing in investment, it is um, bringing more skills to the to the area, it's thinking about the community, it's, doing all, it's putting ESG at the heart of what it does to create a place that we could all want to... Um, be part of whether we're living there, working there, investing there, building there, whatever it, whatever it might be. Um, who will I pick on first for for that? I am um, going to be mean um, and pick on. Kat. I think to echo the comments that have been made about um, regional cities and small cities and towns being the core and the drivers. There have been a lot of conversations about the fifteen-minute cities. Um, it's very difficult to deliver that in big cities. It is absolutely much easier to deliver that in smaller cities. And particularly if we can get the public transport system right, 
and that means not just in and around the city centre but out to the regions and to the rural locations that see a lot of new housing development. You can't talk about sustainable development if everybody gets in their cars and drives there. Um, and it doesn't do anything for social cohesion either if everybody's isolated. I know not everybody talks on public transport, the Tube's a perfect example of that. But if you're not bumping into people and you're not having those you know, serendipitous conversations, you can't build communities. So there are places like um, Deal, Margate, that are building on you know, artistic communities. And, and again, as Deborah was saying earlier, focusing on and making each location a response to itself, not the copy and paste clone towns that we've seen across the UK, of which, astonishingly, Cambridge always ranks first on that list. Fantastic. I was just going to say, actually, not him, not because I wanted to, you know, you know, be boring, but actually, you know, seeing, seeing real action on things like trying to be a larger fifteen-minute city. The stuff you were talking about, about the, you know, you know, the taxis, the investment in the in the tram, taking the cars out of the city, trying to create new open spaces through the Broadmarsh and the Island Quarter redevelopment. So that's a sort of a city in action. Um, I'll perhaps come back to you about a smaller place in a minute when I've thought about it. I I don't want to mention a town or a city Uh, because we're fortunate to work in many, but um, I I suppose the the good example, or how I would describe it, is you've got to... Uh, going, I think someone mentioned bottom up. So you start with local businesses, you start with startups, you look at employment opportunities, uh, you look at creation of training, apprenticeships, and the like, and then that leads naturally onto other things happening and biz- big businesses wanting to relocate in, into those locations. Um, um, and if you're looking at it real estate specific, I think the the um, uh, uh, the uh, RSCS are doing a great job uh, trying to promote more diversity because we're a bit male and a bit pale in our industry as well. So um, there's a number of ways we can uh, we, we can uh, we can sort of help, but uh, I think towns and cities need to sort of create those opportunities um, and employment opportunities that in turn will attract big businesses. Well, listening to the guys here, Thank and you, particularly to, to Kat and Deborah, I, I, I have to say I, I, they are really exponents of why you need a properly worked out narrative for a city. Any particular location needs its own story. And you've just heard that articulated. I did a talk in Bristol the other night uh, and it was during the heat wave. And I found myself saying to the guys and found myself believing it as I was saying it, that, the, that Bristol could be a cool city in more ways than one. It's a cool city. It's already a cool city. But actually, given how much water it's got, given how many trees it's got in its streets, actually, it was a, a very much nicer place to be during the heat wave than London was where I'd just come from. So I was kind of thinking you've got to make a virtue of the fact that you're a cool city in every, in every regard. The other place that I would tip would be Belfast. Um, I, I won't go on about the East Midlands again because I've already said I think they're well hot and I do think they're well hot and um, not least because they've got such brilliant <laughs> women that come from there. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would say Belfast, I would have thought, has um, got that, all yeah. the components for a big success story over the next 10 years. I really love this idea of um, towns and places having having stories. I would, mm. would do, wouldn't I? But uh, I think it, it's such a 
such a um, vital and valid point and 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 I think this is where civic leadership comes comes in where community comes in where our industry comes in and that we can help tell those stories we can help create those stories but um and and where the platform comes in because we've got to amplify them and I will put my hand up and promise that I will do my best to to use this platform to help share those stories through things like this so that we can as a community, as an industry, be better, and um, maybe we and don't need those people at number ten and number eleven really to make it better. Form. You know, if you talk to kids and they sort of think heritage, mm, that's a little bit boring, but actually, you can weave heritage into really stunning art projects, into buildings, into the facades of buildings. So, you know, for, you know, that's a really important part of it. Nottingham Contemporary Art Gallery is an exceptional example of that. Um, the lace, taking it from the lace market that's imprinted into the contemporary concrete structure. Outstanding. Just to bring it back to Nottingham again. Full circle. Thank you. Um, all the way back to Nottingham. Full circle. Um, all the way back to Nottingham and finishing positively. So thank you so much for joining us in this conversation that could have gone on for days, I'm sure, but we've kept it pretty pretty um, compact. Thank you so much for taking part in the EG Property Podcast. Thank Deborah, you. Kat, Simon and Jackie. Thank you.